Year after year, one of the most consistent items on my do something list is to have fun with fashion. Exploring my personal style has added more joy to my everyday life and helped me feel more like myself on the regular. However, I have found that there are some brands I would love to explore more, but they are out of my typical price range, or there's the it item that I would love to try out, but without the commitment of keeping it. Enter Armoire. With a clothing rental membership from Armoire, you can build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. All you have to do is take a five minute style quiz and select items from your dynamic personalized closet. The styles show up at your door in as little as two days. Then when you're ready for new clothes, just swap them out for more new to you styles. I just did my quiz and have selected a few dresses for the summer from Bowdoin, one of my favorite brands that I can't typically afford. And I also got a double-breasted black blazer from a new-to-me designer, a classic item that I have been on the hunt for but too scared to commit to until I know it's the one. For you expecting mamas, for those who are working or those who are style-obsessed, who want to switch out your wardrobe with quality pieces without the designer prices, check out this woman-owned company that has your style and your sustainability in mind. Right now, my listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash progress. That's armoire.style, A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash progress to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try Armoire today. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Welcome to About Progress, a podcast devoted to ordinary people who are striving to improve themselves, overcome obstacles, and make something special of their lives, all while maintaining a healthy balance. In short, people who know life is about progress, not perfection. Hello, hello. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I have a unique episode ready to go for you, and I'm really looking forward to sharing it with you and also hearing your thoughts on it. Um, I'm going to introduce that in just a moment, but first I wanted to take the time to thank you so much to all of you who continue to share this podcast. If you like this episode, take a screenshot and share it, you know, whether that's a text to a friend or an email or on social media. And if you do do it on social media, please tag me at About Progress and use the hashtag About Progress Podcast so that I can connect with you there too. Next, I want to thank you so much for leaving ratings and reviews on iTunes. It's really easy to do if you have the new podcast app on your iPhone, if you have an iPhone. And if you can do that, I would be so grateful. Right now, we're at 101 ratings and we have... uh, 80 reviews, like formal written reviews. 
I have a new goal for this year and it's a pretty big one. I want to get to 500 ratings and reviews. And uh, to, to share a little bit of that, I don't wanna share each time a review, but I will share here and there some. And today I'll share the most recent one. And it was left on January 1st, so it's still been a couple weeks since my last review. And this one says, um, is from 30 Below. I'm a new listener and have enjoyed each episode. Everyone has a story and every story is important. Those who share are such great examples and so inspiring. Thank you so much for leaving that 30 below. Like that's all it takes. And I, I don't know if you know this, but it goes a long way to helping people find this podcast. And so I'd so appreciate if you help me get to that goal of 500 ratings and reviews this year. Speaking of the rest of the year, I am still trying to whittle down my goals for 2018. I have some big dreams for this podcast and where it's going to take us. But admittedly, my first goal this year as I transition to having my fourth child is to stay sane. And in a lot of ways, I think that is going to entail slowing down, at least for a while. So it's kind of complicated as life is, but I am still hoping that the transition will be smooth and that I'll be able to continue with this for one, but also continue to expand the hopes that I have for it. So stay tuned for that. Related to that transition is who I have on today. Lara Dugovic is a birth educator and doula. For those of you who might have given birth or are planning on it, don't be afraid because Lara is not one of those people who stands on a soapbox and preaches what you must do to give birth. She is all about empowering all women to give birth in the way that suits them best and their needs. So this is definitely not one of those ones that is going to make you feel guilty for whatever experiences or choices you have or will make. Lara is the brains behind How to Birth Like a Rockstar. So I will share more of her resources in this interview. But what we did today was a little different. And Lara basically does what she does during a session with somebody. She helps people process the births they've had too, if they've had some before, and helps prep them for some coming up. If you follow me on Instagram at About Progress, you will you might remember a post I made a while back about how I really struggle with fear around childbirth. You know, I've given natural birth twice and one with an epidural, and there were trade-offs on both of those, but um, regardless of what the experience was, I was traumatized <laughs> any way you slice it. So uh, she helps me work through my fears of surrounding it. And this isn't about um, me deciding to do things a certain way or with a certain method. Um, it is more about the thought patterns I have behind it. So as Laura says, when we talk, this time we had together was actually way shorter than she'd normally spend with the client, although it's longer of an episode than I typically do. So we don't get into quite as much detail as she does with people. And also by ways of saving time, we wanted to just get right into it. We do a disclaimer at the beginning, just saying Lara's views on childbirth and the choices people make through it and that she supports whatever you do wholeheartedly. But as we get into my own choices and what I want and what I'm hoping for, we take away those disclaimers. So just know if you are different from me, you have different views on childbirth birth, what it should be like, what you hope it's like for you, what it's been like in the past, and your own opinions on it, that's great. And we support you and we love you, but we decide to do away with those disclaimers at a certain point of the conversation so that we can just get to it. 
I would like to now turn the time over to Laura, and you are going to just love her. She has such a good energy about her in general, and is fantastic at what she does, and really helped me as I am approaching the birth of this little boy. I want to welcome Laura Dugovic to the show. Hi, Laura. Hi. So we're going to start with you giving our listeners an introduction. Okay, sounds good. I'm so excited to talk to you. Um, so I am a doula and a childbirth educator, and I've created my own system um, and a series of classes for childbirth education. And I think the most important thing for you to know about me is that I'm as mainstream as can be. So I'm the director of marketing for a school here. I live here in Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. I've been here for about two years, and I also volunteer as the head cheer coach for 116 girls, grades wow. 2 through 12 at the same school where I'm the marketing director. So really, really busy, amazing. I love my life. Um, but I'm also, you know, I'm just a girly girl, totally normal, love myself, some drive through soda places, <laughs> like all oh, the yeah. average basic things. And I grew up very oriented in the ways of Western medicine, meaning I went to normal doctors routinely. I grew up fully planning on being heavily medicated during my labors. Um, and growing up, honestly, I wasn't even aware that there was any other way of approaching labor and delivery. Mm. So to this day, when I get a headache, I'll go ahead and throw an 800 milligram ibuprofen at it. Obviously not while pregnant, of course, but yeah. <laughs> in general, I'll throw an 800 milligram and not look back. Um, <laughs> so very, very um, diverse upbringing where I, I very mainstream medical approach as well. When I got married, I learned that my husband <laughs> was born at home in California on a mm. twister mat. <laughs> okay. And basically, yeah, so he was born in 1978. And that was basically done because a twister mat was a really large, inexpensive, but thick and durable mat. So it wasn't an That's old one. And it smart. Wasn't, isn't that crazy? Yeah. I, I love it. And his mom was a Lamaze teacher for 20 years and a lay midwife, wow. just showing up at random ladies' houses and doing these home births in, in Northern California. So um, pretty amazing. Totally yeah. different from what I was exposed to. Um, but what was funny is I kind of just thought – yeah, that's not going to be me. Epidural mm. in the parking lot, that's cool for your family. But it did, I mean, it def- definitely entered my mind at that point that there were different ways to give birth. When I became pregnant um, with my very first, something inside of me just kind of clicked. Um, I, was, I remember I was vacuuming my tiny one-bedroom apartment mm-hmm. in Provo, Utah, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is where I lived at the time when I was going to college and newly married. Yeah. And I was vacuuming the floor of my apartment, and I had this thought, and I was so excited. I was We were going to announce to my family for Christmas that I was pregnant with my first baby. All of that excitement was building. I was very newly pregnant, and I had the thought, I bet I can do this without any medication. And then I thought, and I'm really scrappy, definitely. I have three brothers, you know, like I I definitely have a scrappy side of me. And there was just something inside of me that was like, I think I need to look into this. That's all I thought. My husband, there was no pressure on his end to look into it. I just really, there there was a very powerful draw to that. So Mm -hmm. um, I was so excited. We found a local hypnobirthing class and I learned more about the mechanics. And as I went to each class, I just felt more and more excited because I felt like I had way more knowledge about a lot of things. Um, and then, um, when it came down to my actual birth, (laughs) so it was nothing like what I expected it to be. Yeah. I'm sure women can't relate at all. Um, (laughs) so I definitely Mm -hmm. hit a very scary wall. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and I, I, I just felt like I had failed 
my birth. You know what I mean? I kind of hit a wall. I feel like I lost control. And I was very, very fortunate to have my mom there. Um, and she said to me, well, you're going through transition. This this is the part where you're going to doubt yourself. This is the part that's hard, you know? And so that, that really helped. Um, but then I just, I just feel like I was overtaken by fear. Mm -hmm. And then some really important things happened throughout that process, which I'll share a little bit later. I won't go too long. So, um, but some important things happened in that process where I completely shifted gear. The fear was gone and I had a very sweaty, a very vocal, a very gritty and amazing birth. (laughs) Okay. It was not meditative. It was not relaxing, Uh but I came through the other end of it completely changed. And after that, I just couldn't stop talking about it. So, and and as you know, my friend Celeste is the one you interviewed Celeste several, a few months ago. And we should say Celeste Davis. She was, she was an earlier episode. I'll link to it, but she, when she heard, um, how afraid I am of birth, she was like, you need (laughs) to talk to my friend. So yes, she, she connected the two of us. Yeah, so Celeste was one of my first people that we met in the most odd way. As you, you'll have to go back and listen to Celeste's podcast. But we got, we met in the oddest way and became good friends. And when mm. I shared my birth experience with her, which yes, I'll be honest, I feel like I was I tried to always gauge my audience, but yeah, I was like very passionate about birth at this point mm. and my own experience. And so I found that as I told these women my experience and something clicked inside of them, then. It turned into a couple months later after they had their babies. I'm getting these emails that I'm opening at 10 p.m. saying, This completely changed my life. This was everything. Thank you, thank you, thank you for, you know, so I'm bawling in bed reading my email and just going, feeling so happy that I was able to play any role in that because it honestly is just, you know, these connecting links in this really important thing that's connecting all together. But um, I just felt all this gratitude at being any small part of that. And after about, over a dozen of my good friends had sent me these I- amazing emails. About about after twelve of them, I thought, "Why am I not doing this? Yeah. <laughs> Why am like I not made for it?" This? Yeah, and I just loved it so much that then I kind of had that feeling like I wish I had been able to be there for them. I wish I had mm. been able to support them. And I didn't even know what a doula was. Even doing mm. natural birth, I didn't. I didn't know. Wow. So. Um, looked into, okay, what does it mean to be like a birth companion to somebody? And I Googled that and doula classes popped up. So I signed up for a doula class um, and I signed up for a hypnobirthing class. The doula class was a month before. I took the doula class and I learned so much more. And just um, just that it's so important. And this is a great time to, to interject this. I need to have a disclaimer before we go into today. Sure. Go for I it. I ask your listeners to please assume goodwill. Yes. It's actually one of the founding principles of the school where I work. They ask that we always assume goodwill when dealing with fellow staff members with an angry parent or, or a parent mm-hmm. just trying to help, right? And maybe they didn't do something right. Such assume goodwill advice. with our students, right? And, and here's the thing. I know that birth is a loaded topic. Yeah. I know better than anybody. And I just hope that everybody listening um, will know that my only approach is to love and strengthen all women, no matter mm-hmm. what kind of birth they want to have. If they've had a horrible experience, that is valid. They have the right to mourn that. They have the right to feel angry about that. They have the right to feel however they want to feel about that. And I'm not coming into this conversation saying, oh, well, it could have been better if you had applied this, this. Like, I am not doing that. In fact, you know, everybody 
needs to take what resonates and kind of go with that. But um, what I found was, as I took my doula class, I really learned that, that birth is so, so personal. Woman to every single woman, yeah. it's different. And then I did the whole hypnobirthing training course, and I became a certified hypnobirthing instructor. But after having had my doula training, I didn't feel like it was what I wanted to do anymore. So that was about a $1,000 <laughs> tuition yeah. lesson. Well, shoot. It was, <laughs> it was necessary because mm-hmm. I thought, Hypnobirthing is amazing, and it serves a very specific, a very great section of women, and it's perfect for some women. But it wasn't the experience that I had had, and it actually took me taking the whole course to realize I don't. I want that to be an aspect of what I teach, but I want to teach women ten other options for birth mm-hmm. other than a really deep meditative, relaxed state. And so that's where it came. Um, so I don't even think I've told you the name of my birth company, yeah, but tell it's. Us. Sorry, it's How to Birth Like a Rockstar. <laughs> so, I think that's the best name. That is so that, good. Isn't it great? And, and <laughs> thing, it is mm-hmm. truly. Yeah, you can tell. It is rock stars do it their way, and mm-hmm. so should you. So, yes, it's everything from completely medicated to scheduled C-section to, um, to completely unmedicated. That's why you're here. Because I I just so respect that you are wanting to empower all women and whatever choices they have to make. Because like you said, it often goes differently than we expect or our emotions are different or our reactions to things. And I that's why I thought you would be the perfect fit because you're not a one-size-fits-all person. Um, but that being said, you have so much that you can do to empower us to make better choices or to enjoy our birth experiences better. And as you know, that's something I struggle with. So um, I I want you to finish what you were, what you were saying. And then, and then we'll move into what you do with people like me. (laughs) Yes. And I'm so excited. No, and that's about it. That's, that's kind of my story. And, and yeah, what I was so excited about, I listened of course to my friend Celeste Davis's podcast with you. Yeah. And then, um, I just, yeah, the minute I heard that you were fearful, it was crazy. My heart just opens up and I'm like, Oh, I would love to talk to her. I would love to, you know, talk her through it. So what I do as a doula, um, is I meet with women prior to their birth. They take my class. That's the other thing. We have such a limited amount of time in a mm-hmm. podcast. So please yes. know that I'm not going to qualify everything I say. If I try to say, oh, but I don't mean it this way and I don't mean to offend anyone, we're never going to get anywhere. So I'm yeah. going to just have to give it to you straight. So please forgive me, everyone. Please assume, you know, that there are 10 other sides to everything I say, if that makes sense. So yes. get that it's a deep topic. But I'm excited to talk to you because I, I work with women to kind of pinpoint what's going on, um, what their needs are, what's happened in previous births. And you are so brave to be willing to do this kind of in front of your audience. Um, oh. Not kind of, <laughs> Well, the good thing is I can't see them, you know. <laughs> I know. I do feel like we're just chatting and it's yeah, so nice. <laughs> it is nice. Yeah. That's misleading. Yeah. So- so yeah, so we're kind of, and what I hope, and, and um, it's just so important in, in what I do to focus on the one, and that's the huge gift of what I do, is I get mm-hmm. to sit down face-to-face with women. I also do phone consultations. I know not everybody lives in Las Vegas, so I can, um, people can schedule on my website, howtobirthlikearockstar.com. They can schedule with me to talk through these things over the phone, like a phone doula. Now, of course, Love I don't, that. I'm not a 
doula for birth, but sure. just for women. <laughs> yeah. Just, and just to navigate that too, they, I can help them with their questions to interview a doula mm. in their area. I certainly don't replace a doula. That's an in-person job, but sure. I can kind of help women, I can counsel women to get on the right path. I see. Um, okay. Yeah. And so that's kind of what we're going to do today. We're going to kind of go over what your earlier perceptions of birth are, like what your actual experiences with birth were, and address specifically things that you're dealing with right now. Yes. Okay. okay. Well, so, so this is where I do talk to my own disclaimers is, um, a, you know, we're going to turn the time over to Lara. Basically we're turning the tables here and she's going to be in charge, which will be really fun. And, and, um, honestly you could have my job. Like you're really good at this already. I can tell. Um, and my second disclaimer is just like you said, the time is limited. So I'm going to do my best to try to keep what I say, you know, informative and, and um, insightful to what we're discussing in terms of helping me work through my issues, but also um, brief, <laughs> if yes, I can. Feel free to pass on anything. I'm going to go over my really basic doula interview with you. Okay. Um, some things I'm also going to instruct you not to answer, but it's something that I'm going to speak out loud so that your listeners at home know that these are things that need to be addressed with a birth worker or professional. Um, but they're not something that I'm going to actually ask you to answer. So we'll kind of Got review it. that down the road. So Okay. But feel free right. to pass on anything. <laughs> Sound I good? I will. I will. Okay, but the time the time is yours or the floor is yours. The mic is yours, whatever it is. All right. Great. Okay, so very first I wanted to ask you, what were your experiences and impressions about birth growing up? What did your mother say? Did you overhear birth conversations? When you were a little girl first imagining having children, if you were a little girl doing those things, I was, so some people aren't, you know, but what were your first experiences or impressions? Um, I, I don't remember much, honestly. Um, I just remember, uh, my mom had seven children and, um, you know, she, she just talked about more the, the actual birth part, like meeting us, um, more than the labor. And for her, it was a very spiritual experience to meet each one of us. So that yeah. is what I can remember from growing up. Another interesting fact though, is my dad is an anesthesiologist. So in our family, it's never been anything, um, discussed other than, you know, going yeah. in and getting, <laughs> and getting medical interventions, yeah. you know, right away without worrying about, um, you know, all, all the grave that can be worried about there, you know, but I've always been a little bit of a different, uh, a black sheep in a weird way, I guess, not like a bad, bad way, but I think a lot. <laughs> so, okay. Yeah. I was going to say if your dad's an anesthesiologist and you ever did like a, you know, a natural childbirth type class, then <laughs> that's, yeah. okay. that's mm-hmm. awesome. Um, all right, so uh, so what going into your first child's birth? When um you did you say so on your interview that I heard previously you did a hypnobirthing is that correct? Yes, so um I did I did the hypnobirthing um audio classes like I bought something off Craigslist. Got like it. I bought okay. those classes you know because we were dirt poor and I was about to uh, quit my job too. Right, so and it can be I. Really- yeah. yeah, so I couldn't afford to take any live classes. So I just read a ton of books and okay. I read a ton of blogs about birth, um, which was really helpful. And I mean like birth stories, like people sharing their stories 
And then I practice yeah. the hypno breathing with the, the soundtrack and the class there. Um, but I kind of went into it. I, I felt drawn to wanting to do it naturally and I, I couldn't explain it why it was really, um, baffling to my family too. And I was like, I don't know why I'm like, not, they're like, you don't have to prove anything to anybody. I'm like, I know. I just feel yeah. like I want to do this. Um, so that's why I went, I went into it wanting to, to, um, do a natural birth. Um, but also not being really hell bent on having like a very stringent birth plan and, mm-hmm. um, you know, I did have a doula at the end that we, we hired who, who was like, I was her first patient or her first client. So she gave us a phenomenal deal, but she ended up not being able to make it, but she was really helpful in talking (laughs) to me before, but like, yeah, I interviewed other ones who were very, very hippy dippy. And I was like, I'm not that far over. Like, I don't want a cast of my, my, um, pregnant belly. Thank you you know, that right. they wanted me to do. Right. So, and kind of like weren't comfortable with like kind of the really earthy. Yeah. Approach. Yeah. Like I read birthing from within and I was like rolling my eyes every page and I hope I don't offend anyone there either. <laughs> I don't. Yeah. No, but it's, it's just everybody's different experiences, right? Yeah. Like some things don't speak to us and connect with us. And that's, that's a right. huge part of why I love it so much because it, why I'm so passionate about doing it because I think we all need a messenger and I agree with you. Like those aren't my messengers. They're great messengers and they bless the lives of a lot of women, but they're all, I agree. I get it. They're not my messengers mm-hmm. either. So yeah, it's, yeah, it's kind of different. And it's interesting though, because I felt like that was the high majority of what I was being offered. So it's kind of mm-hmm. tricky to find my place in that. I get the feeling, the draw to doing it and I'm wanting to be empowered, but also um, feeling like I, I, maybe I had to choose to do it in a way that wasn't really resonating with me fully. Yeah. Okay. Got it. <clears throat> got it. So how long did labor, oh, when did labor begin? How and when with baby number one? Um, well, my labor started with my water breaking and okay. the very short nutshell version of it is my water broke, um, I don't know, shortly before six and I had her at eight twenty in the hospital, like 20 Uh-oh, minutes 6, after I arrived. 6 PM and then eight twenty PM. No, um, in the morning. So I just woke up rolling over it to, with, to my water breaking and it just went from zero to 60. Um, there was okay. no, there was no like, um, early labor at all. It just went right to like, I, you know, screaming in the car, punching Punch. things. I, I, yeah, yeah. I was totally out of control, like right from the, the gate. You were in trans. You were, you were traveling, tra- being transported while in transition. Yeah. We left pretty, yeah. I mean, we left pretty early on, but it's, you know, traffic in the Bay area. So <laughs> yeah, I was in the Bay area for baby number one, you yes. were, yeah, we delivered her quickly. Oh. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm just taking notes. Um, yeah. so the next question is how long did labor last? A hot minute. A hot I know. Minute. Okay. A little over two hours. Yep. Okay. The and then first. pushing. Um, did, did you did you feel the urge to push? Oh, I didn't even I feel like I didn't even have a choice. Okay, got you yeah, know what I mean? was it was like yeah. I didn't I actually didn't want to. And and it was that way for my second as well. Like I I was so scared. Okay. It wasn't like um I know I would read a lot about women feeling empowered while they pushed and I felt just completely the opposite. Uh, I'm so, I'm so grateful that you're talking about this because that's another huge misconception. Yeah. And I 
that in my class where I just say, and I, I'm one of those women that was very empowered with pushing. The uh-huh. transition part was hard where I was like going from an eight to a 10 centimeter dilation, That's, right? Yes. But then, so I'm not pushing at that point and I don't feel the need. I don't feel the drive to bear down either. But as soon as I hit a 10, it was like the bear down reflex was undeniable. Hmm. Um, but once I dug into that, uh, I felt so much better. So, so, so much better. But hmm. what so many women don't know is that there's a there's a large percentage of women. I would say it's still smaller from what from my experience as a doula and working with hundreds of couples, hundreds of couples in education. I've only delivered, I've only assisted, you know, attended the births of 25 deliveries. But um, of hundreds of couples That's I've worked with and received their information back, mm-hmm. um, they I would say 30% of women that I've interacted with, it's like pushing is a horrible feeling, yeah. and it triggers anxiety and it you feel like you're gonna come undone like you don't feel okay mm-hmm. pushing yeah so I do feel like I felt that way the majority of I mean for two hours for the, my first and for the hour of my second you know second I just feel yeah. scared and out of control but um but but that's probably part of my issue though I think like they literally have to pry my my legs open because I won't even let them like I'm just you know, I, I'm resisting it so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So. so your second baby was one hour? Yeah, he was a little different because I got induced with him because I was so terrified of giving birth, um, like, with an infant. You know, like, my daughter was not an infant. <laughs> with a really small child, she was 21 months old. I was just so afraid because we're far from family, you know. Yeah. So I got induced with him. So... But the the way it's been with the last two babies, I got induced um, out of that fear, you know, of having oh. that baby wherever my water breaks. And um, with both of them, I was on Pitocin all day, and there was never any change at all. And then oh. they broke my water, like, at 7 o'clock at night. And then mm-hmm. with both of those, the boys, they were born an hour later, and I went from a 3 to 10 in both of those. But with my second, I was still on the fence about doing an epidural or not. And I mm-hmm. didn't, and I didn't have a choice then, you know, so I, I had him without it. Um, so my oldest, I, I delivered on all fours because that's how I propelled myself from the wheelchair onto the bed and refused to move. And then you locked down. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And then, yeah. but with, you know, with rest, I was on my back the, you know, they forced me over on my back and had to force me to open my legs with, with my third, I had, um, I had the epidural, so I was just, you know, sitting basically, yeah, in the bed. So you just had the epidural with your third. So yeah. So maybe one or two were yes. unmedicated. Because I, I don't know. Like, I I was on the yep. fence with my second until they broke my water. And as soon as they broke my water, I'm like, oh, this is going down, like, right now. Like, this is happening. Mm-hmm. And I had that, like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this, you know, feeling. But yeah, yeah. it was... um over at that point but with the third I decided to get I I like still felt that fear like I felt like I don't want to do this I don't want to do this so I was like I'm gonna get the epidural before you break my water this time because I know yeah. so I I mean so that time I and, was like yeah I'm gonna do the epidural this time so, so with baby three were you happy you did that was it a better experience um yeah in, in different ways I felt uh more calm 
you know, um, like I open my legs willingly as an example, (laughs) you know, way less screaming. And I mean, I am not like that. So, I mean, the amount of screaming that went on for my first two, my mom was there for the second and she is still traumatized by that more than I am (laughs) that experience. But, um, but I also hate being tethered. I hate mm. Pitocin. I hate being in the hospital all day. I I hate the experience of getting an epidural, even though I had a really good one. I had a really good doctor and a really good epidural. But I just, mm-hmm. I feel out of control in that way, too. So um, it's it's kind of just a trade-off. It's not necessarily like an it's answer. It's a trade-off, yes. Mm-hmm. So for me, okay. um, I mean, like we talked about, I think... Not that there's a wrong or a right way, but I feel like in both ways, the thing I struggle with is feeling like I, I'm I'm not in charge, <laughs> which you're not. So I don't you love it? I'm the same way. It's yeah. like, oh, I'm not in control. And then I have to, I'm one of those anxious people. I mean, I yeah. we have total anxiety in my family and I have uh-huh. to go all the way down the line where it's like, Laura, you have no control of anything. Mm-hmm. Like. You can have a brain aneurysm in four minutes and be gone from this life forever. Like you need to yeah. stop because you have zero control. Well, we you know? sound pretty similar that way. So funny. No, and it is. It, it's it's hard. And and I do think that birth can be um, – and see, so I've worked with several clients in your situation. And mm-hmm. what's especially difficult about your situation is from everything that I've learned about – especially with an unmedicated approach – Um. What happens is as labor slowly, not in your case, yeah. in many cases, as it slowly progresses and as you're able to breathe deeply and as you're able to kind of breathe and, and do soothing um, activities between those things, right? So your birth companion, can you can roll on a ball and you can breathe and they can massage your hands and they can massage your back and you yeah. have these hours. There was where, none of that going on. No, no. With and see any what of them? <laughs> Yeah, so we talk about a pharmacy in your head, right? There's a really fantastic book called Prenatal Parenting by Dr. Frederick Worth. Huh, and okay. He's a neonatologist. Yeah, so prenatal parenting. He has since passed away. The book is harder to find, but you, I believe you can still find it on Amazon. Okay. Um, but he, he calls it the pharmacy in your head. And basically what happens is your brain has everything it needs to release to help you with pain management. Now, not that to the degree I don't preach the gospel of, of completely pain-free birth. I believe mm-hmm. that it is possible for some women. Mm-hmm. It is not what has been my experience and it has not been most experiences of women that I've known, mm-hmm. but I'm kind of of the opinion that it doesn't have to be pain-free in order for it to be beautiful and amazing and for me to still come yeah. through feeling right. So I don't, I don't subscribe. I, I do believe that it's possible. I'm not negating that. I'm just saying that that's not really where my passion is because I feel like a larger percentage of women are going to experience significant discomfort to say the least and possibly uh-huh. more. But it's about having the tools and the support within that birthing room to get them where they need to be. You know what I mean? So that they can come away from that experience feeling empowered rather than disempowered. Um, yes. But yeah, and I think that's where I have the chance to build those yeah. layers. But yeah, the adjustment, the adjustment period is gone. And, and just for your, um, like information as you're helping guide me through this. I was thinking, I talked this through with my doctor. She's really awesome. Like I actually, have, I've been really lucky. I haven't felt pressured either way. Um, Good. What, even when I'm at the hospital and on Pitocin, I have not felt like the nurses 
um, you know, I usually don't see my doctor till I'm pushing the baby out anyway, mm-hmm. but even her in preparation <clears throat> have been trying to steer me in one direction or the other. But, um, with this, with this one, I wanted to not be induced because I think that's just a big part of my, like, oh, I really hate it. Um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and with my, with my other kids, I think they came so fast because I was just like really active till the end. I'm like, I mean, I'll just slow down. Like at 35 weeks, I'm like, I'm not going to mm-hmm. be active at all and just see if, na- if labor can come naturally and what that might be like. Um, instead of like go, you know, doing like a 10 mile thing the day before, like I did with my first, you know, stuff like that, that wasn't very smart. So that's kind of the plan and maybe, um, using laughing gas. Cause I'm like, I don't, I don't want to be induced and I don't really want to get an epidural. Like, I'm sorry. I just, I hate that. But I also really don't want to deal with tons and tons of pain because <laughs> I hate that. So right. my doctor's like, and are you there's planning, laughing so gas. So you're planning so. a hospital birth. Yes. Again, how far is the hospital from your home? Like 15 minutes at most. Okay, 15 minutes of travel time? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um... And I'm less afraid, though. This is the weird thing. I don't know if it's because it's been it's four years since I had a natural birth, but I'm less mm-hmm. afraid than I was with my other, yeah. my my last two after the first. The first one felt really kind of traumatizing. Um Yes. So, but this one, I feel less afraid in terms of like, if I deliver birth or if I deliver a baby with my other kids around, like in my house, because I have to, that doesn't scare me Mm -hmm. as much as it did (laughs) before. I'm like, oh, well, we'll be okay. Yeah. So here's what's tricky. So, um, I'm glad you're only 15 minutes away. That's reassuring, especially since you don't want to be induced because those are the options I give to moms, which I know, I know that really, really natural side of doulas and everybody's like you ever recommend an induction yes I absolutely do for women who have babies in cars I absolutely who don't want to have their baby in a car I do recommend I I might be that person that's the tricky thing I don't I don't know the other (laughs) so here are the two extremes how's this for me being open to whatever so either go like an induction is great which I'm glad I'm glad you're also aware that it's not for you because you can check that out the list that's something you did you didn't like I by the way I had the same experience oh yeah I have babies that, yeah, go into distress and we have to, we call it the smoke them out approach. Sorry if that's uh-huh. rude. <laughs> we smoke them out. We're like, hey, you got to get out. Mom's body's not doing good. My placenta has failed toward the end. Oh, no. Oh, no. Yeah. So, so we've, we've had to induce and I'm the same way. I'm on Pitocin for eight hours, 10 yeah. hours. They break water and I have a baby an hour later. Yes. But I did get some contractions where um, my labor does build up really strong over about four hours. Mm. And then it, you know, so I at least can build those endorphin layers and things that kind of help me mentally cope. You also get to practice coping, right? So, mm-hmm. which you don't get to do. When you have a, a labor, as it gets harder and harder and more difficult and more intense, you level up each time, right? And you can mentally get there. And then once you plateau, yeah, your body's going to take it to another level, but then you can grow with it. Yeah, Women who have extremely fast labors don't have that luxury. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, even on yeah. Pitocin, even though they up it and up it and up it, like I feel more discomfort, but it's not like I need to use all my coping mechanisms. Even though, right. I mean, I'm not on an epidural at that point either. And I should, I feel everything I should be feeling, but it's not, it's like you said, it's only at a certain, up to a certain point. 
Mm-hmm. And so here's the, here are the other funny things that I have my mamas do who have the extreme, like the 45 minute to hour and a half labors. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have them, if you're close to the hospital and you're feeling antsy, anxious at all in those later weeks, mm-hmm. it, you really just, and I'm so glad you're in California because it's beautiful most, you know, pretty much year round. Yeah. But I mean, the area can be pretty chilly, but go walk the grounds of the hospital outside or within oh, yeah. two blocks. There's a so park just, right by it. Out. Yes. Yes. So if you feel like at all antsy, just go walk right there, have your bag in the, you know what I mean? Drive Mm -hmm. down to the hospital, park in the parking lot, have your bag in the car and just kind of be right near there. The other thing I definitely recommend that you look into, but only if you're very, very comfortable is, is a home birth where if a midwife or, or down the road, if like, this isn't, this is kind of late in the game for you to like reinvent the whole thing. But for women listening, one thing to consider is it's really nice. One of my best friends, and by the way, I missed her birth. She's one of my, there, I have two doula clients that I missed their birth mm-hmm. and both of them had a baby in a 45 minute window. Like oh, they said, yeah. oh, I'm in labor. I like left my family's Christmas dinner, wow. bolt down 30 minutes away and she was sitting in a tub of water with her, her midwife wow. got there. So, so you know, I, I think that's, that's so cool. Like I, I think I can see how that is really a calming experience, but we we're actually going to be in the middle of like a renovation in our <laughs> little <laughs> tiny house. So we won't okay. even, no. it's, it's not an option, not, um, you know, no. at all, but I, I can totally see how that would be a good option for someone like me though. Yeah. And, and this late in the game, I wouldn't recommend, I mean, if you really felt the drive to, of course, anything can happen, but yes, with with a kitchen under construction and other things going on, that's not, you're not going to be any more at ease if your life feels crazy. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah, better it's to gonna be crazy here. Yes. Absolutely. So, um, so yeah, so some important things that, that I have women do is really kind of just start investigating. And now, now knowing more, I didn't know anything about your situation and why it is such a difficult situation. And so now knowing that, um, that's such a specific one. And so we can talk more too, just about, about different approaches that you can do in the very, very close weeks coming up on the birth to really odds in your favor. Um, but one thing that I have parents do, and this is something that I would love to see every mother do, and this is the other thing. This is why I want to be as mainstream as possible. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like women who do an unmedicated birth and go do birthing from within or do hypnobirthing, I feel like women who are like, oh, I'd like an epidural, they miss out on a whole section of education and just um, just, just experience. Yes, and grow, grow the mother. And so mm-hmm. I work with a lot of clients who are planning an epidural and they get an epidural and they love it. But I created meditations, um, a morning. So it's, I have a morning meditation an evening meditation mm-hmm. and then two sets of affirmations. And one is called baby love. And it's just, mm-hmm. it's a, a 30 minute affirmation about connecting to your baby because that sounds so in, great. Yeah, and so in all of this, like there's so much surrounding birth that when women find that they can just center for 10 minutes a day, 20 minutes a day, right? Mm-hmm. And think about their baby and picture that final result. I love what you said about your mom talking about having a very spiritual experience, connecting with each of you. Yeah. Um, and, and I haven't felt that. So that's why I'm like, I would love to have, I, you know, no matter yeah. what happens, that's, I, I just want to feel less fear and anxiety. I want to be present. And right. you want to be in that moment. Yeah. With, 
and you're and honestly what's happening and I've seen it before um at the doula um you're you're recovering from literal shock yes after that that's yeah mm-hmm. so you're like in a state of total shock and shutdown for probably quite some time afterward yeah and then you rally and and get there and that's and that's completely to be expected with with what you've just gone through and so that's totally um, the, the word I've used for six years about my first one it's oh, just complete shock you know so you're saying I something that's really helpful is to practice centering myself and connecting with the baby and and yeah. I know that's I mean I've been trying to learn meditation and it's hard for me like my brain is a runaway runaway train like my mom has always said I'm my own worst enemy and I've been trying to tame that beast but like right. my first one I try to listen to the hypno you know birthing for about 10 minutes and I the same experience as you. I mean, I ended up like chucking those headphones across the room and just screaming instead. Yes. Okay. Yes. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple market auditory experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa. That's a lot of flavor. What flavor are you holding? Now, open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. No, so that's what I love. So I, I've created the ones for How to Birth Like a Rockstar. I've created them so that they are eight minutes, I think, in the morning. Yeah. And they're 10 minutes at night, so they're fast. But yeah. I, I'm the same way. I can't sit still. And if I sit still and try to focus, then I can't focus. So I have to move. So I listen to them. And they, they don't – so all of the affirmations, the longer sections that have just more – and it repeats each thing three times, uh-huh. each phrase. Yeah. Um, I listen to, I don't have a downer, meaning we don't talk you down and you relax where you're at risk of falling asleep driving, right? It's not <laughs> like another problem for me. <laughs> I know. It's not hypnosis, right? It's totally just words. But mm-hmm. as, as I do the dishes, when I'm brushing my teeth, like I'll put earbuds in and I go about my life, but this is in the background all the time. And as time goes by, and if people, if people go on to howtobirthlikearockstar.com, you can read. And what the other thing I love, you'll giggle, like, my clients are so mainstream. Like mm-hmm. if you see the pictures of the families that I've worked with, yeah. they are just me. Cause I feel like your vibe attracts your tribe. Right. And yeah. so birthing with from birthing from within crowd is attracting their own tribe and they're strengthening and helping each other. And it is, mm. we are long past due for mainstream normal girls yeah. who, you know, just it, we're past due to have a tribe of our own where we can really come together in a safe space and support each other, right? That's and so, so great, but, but if you read it, they talk all like everybody just says the affirmations changed my life. And for me, with hypnobirthing, mm. that is what changed my life. So yeah. I wrote my own, and I just thought like, and so and, and so I'm a spiritual person. I believe in God. I believe I I feel like I have a very often sometimes distant, but often a close relationship with God. And when I had my first baby. It was a totally transcendent experience. Yeah. And when I wrote these affirmations for women, 
I was like, what does God want to say to these women? Like, and what do I Mm. as, as a sister to all of the women in the world, right? As somebody who really legitimately cares, what do I know is true? And what do they need to know is true about them, about who they really are, about Mm. who, you know, like what a mother is, like, what do they need to know? And so what I love the most is regardless, I've had people write and say, you know, they actually had it a really crazy medical condition happened, you know, like where, um, she like went into cardiac arrest shortly after having her baby, like crazy. Like you don't hear of that. I mean, crazy, crazy emergency surgery, all of this stuff. And she was like, it was the most amazing birth ever. (laughs) Cause I feel like this this, and I just knew I was okay. And I don't attribute that all to me. I, but I attribute it to the words, like if we mm. take in powerful truths every day into ourselves and into our minds and our way of thinking, it will over time shape the way that we handle everything. And so what I really mm. would love to do is I would love to send them to you and I just want your feedback. You don't have a ton of time, you're due soon. Yeah. So um, so like you don't have a ton of time to listen, but I, I'm gonna shoot those to you when okay. we are this interview and I would love to hear your feedback as you listen and you can listen as you will, but there's a morning and an evening and then two sets, but everyone deserves to feel that way, right? Everyone deserves to take time as a pregnant mother. We're all pregnant for these tiny, tiny blips of time. Mm-hmm. And then it's going to be gone. And, you know, I, I'm someone who I suffered from secondary infertility. Mm-hmm. So I had my first really quickly. And then my second came seven years later. And that was that's, so that's hard. That's a crazy amount of time. Yeah. That's crazy. so hard. And all of your friends are having babies. My sister-in-laws mm-hmm. were all having and doing these big announcements, you know, at family stuff. And I, it was interesting. This is the other thing I have to share. Okay. Mm -hmm. Everybody within the sound of my voice, loving what is by Byron Katie. Have you come across her yet, Monica? You know what? I have heard her name. Yeah. But I have not read anything. (laughs) Byron Katie. Everyone loving what is Byron Katie, B-Y-R-O-N-K-A-T-I-E. Mm-hmm. Her story's phenomenal. Do not get the book, get the audiobook. Everyone. Oh, okay. Yeah. I book. I'm an avid reader, an avid reader. And yeah. I got her book uh-huh. and I kind of was like, eh, and tossed it. It didn't grab me, but her audiobook is the book, but she does live sessions with people, like on a stage, very brave people, much like yourself, who <laughs> who are bringing their negative beliefs, like beliefs that they have that are obviously afflicting their lives in some way, and they're willing to examine them on stage in front of everyone. Oh my gosh, you will wow. laugh, you will cry. Like, honestly, it completely changes the way, it changed the way I view everything. I mean, it really did change my life. So that was, see, now I'm like, why did I say that though? I don't remember why we were coming <laughs> up with that. But, because um, I'm accepting what is, is that, is yeah, that what you're saying? I, is that experience and yeah. birth is just being able, people can enjoy yeah. it by accepting it and regardless of what ends up happening. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Like it really does, it really does change. And so, hmm. so that's a really important thing to do. So the other thing that reader, that everybody listening really needs to um, investigate though is, and I'm not asking you to answer this, so don't answer, but um. So everyone has to consider when, when considering an unmedicated birth, you really need to consider, oh, oh, that's what I was telling you too. Sorry, before I go to that, I was telling you I had infertility and you can't control what your body is doing. Mm -hmm. It's insane, you know, and everyone's having, and you just can't change it. And I was able to like completely accept that. And that's not for, I'm not saying everyone now you can just accept it, get over it. (laughs) The years and years process. 
But eventually I saw the light at the end of that. And then I had my second son and Mm -hmm. then I've never had another one. And I would have loved to have three Mm -hmm. or four. I would have loved that. And it just didn't work out. Um, Yeah. And that's okay. It's totally okay. But I'm so grateful (laughs) that Mm -hmm. I was exposed to affirmations and that deep, deep, deep connecting to my baby during my pregnancy because I was so lucky to have those tools in my life. So I look back on these two pregnancies that I didn't ever think I would only have two, right? Mm -hmm. I didn't ever think that my window would be that small. But looking back, I'm so grateful. I don't have any, I don't say, oh, I wish I had really connected. I really wish I would have slowed down. I did. You know, and so for every That's single mother, no matter no matter what number you get, it's like, wow. And you're, you know, that experience with that baby is never going to be the same. It's a totally different human. It's a totally different personality. Mm-hmm. And so as you do that, I think it really does enable moms to be more quickly connected on the, uh, when baby comes earth side, right? When baby's on this side here with us, you've already done a lot of the bonding that is just really sacred and beautiful in, in quiet moments when they are still in the womb. So I can see how that's really needed for me too, because I do just like I've talked about my runaway train of a brain. Um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, I struggle with that too. I struggle with connecting with, um, the babies inside me until they're out, you know, Mm -hmm. and that just might be the way I function, but I think putting more effort into it will at least set us up for more of a, of a um, connection that we need during the birth and right after too. And then the other thing, and that's totally exactly true. And the other thing that's important to note about that too is um, I really always encourage women. And it's like we just said, accept what is like, Mm -hmm. there isn't a right way to do this. So your brain is a runaway train. Yes. We always want to examine our thoughts and just be aware. Hey, is what I'm thinking about my thoughts troubling me and torturing me and making me miserable or do you know what I mean? And so what could I, could I release that thought and just let it go and stop believing the things I believe about that thought, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. You know, you can do those things. But, um, but I think really the biggest thing is in my, in my delivery with my first baby, it was incredible because the pain got to be too much, mm-hmm. right? It just, I hit a wall where I, I looked, I was sitting on a birth ball and I looked up at my husband and I'm such a pit bull type A personality, right? Mm-hmm. So when I had this wave of like this massive contraction that like then my body was shaking. It was like the early stages yeah. of shock where my body was like trembling all over. And I'm holding my husband's hands and he's sitting in a, like a folding chair in front of me on a birth ball, right? Yeah. And I looked at him and I thought, and we were poor college students uh, when I paid for these birth classes and they were cheaper mm-hmm. in my area in, in San Francisco. Good luck. Yeah. <laughs> like Utah, rural Utah. <laughs> It was fine, but we, it was still a lot of money. It was definitely like my kind of situation where we paid a chunk of what we had to, Mm. to these birthing classes. And I thought, holy cow, I need an epidural. And I thought, and I looked at my husband and I said, I can't do this. Like, I'm so Mm. sorry. I can't do this. And, um, Mm -hmm. I was just heartbroken and my, and he is like the most perfect human alive. I'm telling you, my husband is, I'm obsessed with my husband. So he's so amazing. That. But he yeah. just looked at me, all the love in the world. And he didn't say anything. Like he just was like, you're, you know, like his, the message in his eyes was just like, you're perfect. Like everything you choose is fine so with sweet. me. He didn't have any expectations. Um, but I looked over at my mom and my mom was crying. 
And, and as a woman, and this is, I tell women, all, women this all the time, oh my goodness, we just want to take care of everybody. And we put our needs last, especially in the hospital room. It's crazy. You're worried about offending the doctor. You're oh, worried about offending my the nurse. Goodness. And it's like, no, like yes. this is your moment. You live your life. Like your space is sacred, you know? So I talk a lot, but I did the same thing. I was like, oh my gosh, what's wrong? And I thought in my mind, I thought I'm traumatizing her. I'm upsetting her. I and have she, the exact she, same I, experience. I, Yes, like she's seeing me suffer and oh no, oh no. And I said to my mom, what's wrong? What's wrong? I'm shaking. I'm a hot mess. I'm such a mess. <laughs> and I think, I'm like, what's wrong? And yeah. she looks at me and she just said, I can feel him, meaning my son, my little, my baby. Uh-huh. She's like, I can feel him. She's like, he is everywhere. Huh. She's like, he's coming. Like his soul is like coming. And I, wow. I, Look at my husband. Yeah, and I can't even talk about bawling. But, like, she said that, and the truth of that hit me mm-hmm. like a ton of bricks, right? And really what it did is it lifted, like, a ton of bricks off of me. Yeah. And I looked at my husband and just tears streaming down his face. And it's like her, my mother's redirection back to this soul that was joining my family completely like I was I was on a total roller coaster of fear I just was on the fear train for sure at that and it it was like someone turned on a light switch in a dark room it just changed that fast and Mm -hmm. I was like oh my gosh I I can do this and and that is the power of having first of all like a good preparation but second a supportive woman in the room I am a huge advocate for doulas I'm a huge and that's I mean, for your doula, like, to not get there in time, which I understand. You had a very, very fast labor. That's difficult. Yeah. Um, um, so it's tricky, but that changed everything for me, and I didn't even know I accidentally did it, right? I'm fortunate yeah. that I have a good enough relationship with my mom that I felt like I felt like I wanted her there. I feel like not all women feel that way, and that's okay, too. You really need to honor those boundaries that you are feeling in place. But um, that was huge because – when you're in that space, it's really important to have somebody who's experienced to help you turn things around as needed or to help guide mm-hmm. you or or to simply say to you, that's okay. And then my midwife came in and I'm like, oh, but I feel like, you know, I was telling her like, I, and everything, I couldn't, I would just push. Sorry, this yeah. is going to be such a You know, I was talking, I'm like, can you hand me more ice chips? You know, <laughs> my body takes over. And I feel like I'm an animal in there. But yes. like my wife was like, you're good. I feel like we are tempted to be ashamed of those, of those sounds and of being really loud or guttural or anything. And, and my midwife was just like, go girl, you know, Uh (laughs) she was like, that's normal. And that's normal. And that's okay. And this is okay. And you're okay. And that's good. And you're so great. You're so great. And everything I did, and you know, I'm like, I feel like I'm going to have a bowel movement on the bed. Right. And she's like, that's (laughs) awesome. Do it. You know, <laughs> do you want to sit on the toilet so you don't feel inhibited with pushing? I'm like, yes. I sat on the, I pushed on the toilet for like 30 minutes because yes. I'm, I'm going. I am not comfortable with feeling like I'm going to go to the bathroom on no. myself, right? Yes. And I'll have those feelings, and so I feel like to have a midwife. And I had a nurse midwife. I was in the hospital, so she was a nurse midwife, and I, I had, like I said, I had an, um, an, a uh, pitocin and induced birth mm-hmm. with no epidural, mm-hmm. um. But yeah, so it became, you know, because of those, the atmosphere of things, things did shift in my favor and I'm forever grateful for that. Um, but, but it just is really important to kind of, yeah, just for every woman to really consider that. And if at all possible, please surround yourself with people. A lot of times people think, 
Um, and, and, and statistics show also, and this isn't a pitch for me. I can't assist any of your listeners, right? Even yeah. in Las Vegas, I'm not currently accepting any births. That may mm-hmm. change in about six months, but with my current load of, of work, I feel like I'm very, very, I'm, I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing with what, I, you know what I mean? The volunteer work I'm currently doing is supposed to be in place, but, but people can get the classes. I will be doing a, a class in March here in Las Vegas, oh, that's but the cool. biggest thing is, Please get a doula in your area. If if people are thinking about this, it's just an important thing to consider, um, and just to look into. And they, they come in all price ranges because they yeah less experienced more. But they've found like they've proven that a completely inexperienced woman who's supportive and just sitting by the side the bedside of a pregnant or a delivering woman, um, they significantly change her outcomes, which is crazy. But that's just wow. kind of the path of women coming together, you know, I'm really glad that you brought that up. I mean, cause even with my first one, even though my doula didn't make it, our nurse who basically delivered the baby, um, she, she happened to be a doula herself. I mean, um, cause it was Berkeley. Me. So she, you know, while I'm screaming, I can't do it. She's, she's shouting back at me. You, you're doing it, baby. You you know, she's like, you're doing it, baby. You're doing it. So that was so yeah. helpful. But I mean, for someone like me then who who does struggle with a fast really fast labors and b you know the runaway train brain what is something that they can do to um you know beyond practicing ahead of time which obviously is going to be the most essential piece i i think uh, in this puzzle for me is what do we do in that in the moment to <laughs> to accept what is and and to get back control <laughs> over our thoughts, or at least a semblance of control or perspective. Yeah, and so I give dads a lot of birth tools to kind of coach, and not coach. I know people hate the word coach. Everybody gets really worked up about semantics in birth. I don't. Huh. I feel like we're all like my intention is that. to to do good. Oh yeah, it can get really crazy. They can be like, oh, coach, like a coach screams at you and bosses you around, oh. and I'm like, well, that's kind of what. <laughs> I mean, it's you a have to, coach, but yeah, but, and, and no, really like when some women feel really, you know, I get, I get in women's faces and I'm right there, but it's I true. I, I speak in a low, calm voice and I'm, you know, I'm never yelling or, but, but yeah, I mean, you can kind of really get in somebody's space, but anyway, I, I work with dads to be really, really supportive partners. Um, and, and so, and that's what I kind of told you too. I said, a, you know, a, a podcast episode, it's not long enough to really yes. delve, but I would love to have a few more conversations in private with you and your husband, just giving you some tools. I'll send you over the companions guide. And that has a lot of great tools that he can do to bring you back. So I developed a method as a doula. What I noticed was women have basically a pain threshold that goes on. And I call it, I call the method back to square one. And I, I noticed the same thing with all women everywhere that I've worked with as a doula. And that is like, if you're starting from a one to a, like a, let's say a 15, a one is very little pain. She's got this. She's got it handled. A seven to eight is kind of that transition feeling of I'm kind of freaking out. Is it actually going to get worse than this? I'm getting really nervous, right? Mm-hmm. All the way to a 10, 11, which is they're kind of going to go off the rails. And anything past an 11 is they're off the rails. Like hmm. they're in full panic mode. It's a lot of, it's, it's much of what like you described. And no, I'm very chuckling because that's me. <laughs> <laughs> right? It's every single woman in the world. So, huh. so you're in good company. You're in oh, good company. Okay. Yep. No, and and you're good, but it it happens to you because you have a two hour labor and then a one hour, you don't have Mm. any layers of endorphins or anything. You know, you don't have a primer, which, um, 
how you go like from zero to 60, right? So Mm -hmm. what I tell, what I teach birth partners is how to get the birthing mother back to square one or as close to it as possible so that with every contraction, she's not going over the rail. She's able to keep that mental acuity. And it's a lot of stuff. It's a lot of rhythmic stuff. And for you guys, it may to be keywords. And so, Mm. um, and so some things that I can work with with people with control issues and where it feels crazy out of control, which is everybody, let's be real. But like yeah. if you feel control, super crazy, one thing that and, – and it's almost like a joke, but but you can just say, this is good, this is good, this is good. <laughs> and it's a lie, but it's such, yeah. bull, it's such a bull that you kind of actually it, – it lightens it. Yeah. <laughs> or like because, um, because, yeah, it's just that matter of um, what I – the way I explained it in my class is – Especially, okay, so when a baby's crowning and they talk about the ring of fire, right? Mm -hmm. They say, oh, when a baby's crowning, the perineum, the skin of the perineum is stretching over the baby's head and it feels like you are on fire. And it is so, so, so much concentrated pain in one specific area. I know so many... So many birth workers are going to be like, you're terrifying women, you jerk. You're ruining everybody's (laughs) life. But I'm going to keep it real. So I'm saying there's a way around it. So stay stay with me, everyone. Um, But yeah, the ring of fire. um, What I tell women to to remind themselves is this is a neurological communication. These are nerve endings in my perineum sending like a screaming freak out message to my brain. And Mm. I forget, like I'll have to get my, my mantra for it. But I literally just say, this is a ball of, you know, of nerves communicating with my brain this is nerves communicating with my brain facts yeah I'm not dying (laughs) like it feels even though like I feels like it (laughs) yeah you kind of have to minimize you kind of just have to see it for what it is which is you have a ton of nerves that are screaming emergency signals at your brain and when you call it out for what it is it does take some of its power away you still feel it but then what's important as you are noticing that and you can kind of say like these are nerves screaming at my brain in that time, your body is feeling that intensity and your brain is releasing chemicals to help you cope. So it feels so, so, so intense right at first and then slow, battle, dull. Also, the blood is forced from the perineum as the baby's head keeps pressing and it'll start to go number, right? Oh, okay. And so that helps as well. Okay. But it takes a minute and it's still intense. But that's that's kind of, that's just one psychological way that I've found helps a large portion of my clientele to just talk themselves down. And so your husband can say something like that, you know, or they they can also do a visualization where you're like blowing cool air over, you know, so you're just breathing in, okay, and you're just doing these really heavy breaths, but you imagine that every breath you blow out is numbing the area and your brain, it's funny what the brain will buy into actually, (laughs) but both good and bad, right? But yeah, so those are a few things. But I, I would love to work with you guys on just some really specific partner techniques and some mantras that you can say to kind of help you get back to center. That sounds so helpful. So, yeah. so for someone else then, I mean, if they're, they they go onto your website and they get this course and, and do the affirmations, the baby love one uh, meditations, do they come with the course? Or are those like something that someone can buy separately? as well as yeah. consultations so with you. How does that work? Course. That's a great question. Sorry, I'm talking over you. Um, so they come with the course and they also go separately. I bundle like, so they, they can be purchased each separately or in a bundle of four for a discount for the okay. four. Got it. So they can just, just on its own. And I would recommend anyone, especially anyone who's not wanting to delve really deeply into all of the aspects of an unmedicated birth, 
please, please, please. And do you know else? It has affirmations where you focus on, um, you can focus on your companion or your partner. You focus on your baby. You, there are just a lot yeah. of self-care affirmations in there too. Okay. I loved it. One of my birth clients was like, I love, one of the affirmations is, I am a powerful warrior. And that. Mm-hmm. saying that over and over again, when your brain wants to lose its mind, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's really helpful. And I had mamas that were really, really spicy and feisty on, on the, on the birthing bed. And, and that, and that's, that's the one she came away with saying like, Oh, that caught me through man. You yeah. know, so just, just really sacred truths about who we are as women. I love mm-hmm. this work because I really feel like women are, so incredible. We can be so sensitive, so intuitive. And at the same time, we are stronger than we ever have the concept of understanding. Like we have no concept of our actual power, which the humility of that is so beautiful. But at the same time, I feel like that's what, that's what keeps me in birth work all this time is seeing women just come away from their experience renewed and with a completely new understanding of who they really, really are, which is happy. Yes. You know, well, I'm glad you brought that up because um, one other underlying factor that one of the big reasons I kind of kept secret about to myself, you know, about why I wanted to do a natural, why I felt drawn to a natural labor was because I'd had all these years of hating my body and having, you know, some pretty serious issues about that, which I'm public about now, but I wasn't then, you know, um, and I wanted this to be a way for me to win back my relationship with the body, my body and to see Mm. in a positive light. Mm. Um, and I still want that too, but just because I had two, you know, unmedicated births, I, I didn't get that, (laughs) but I think it's because I don't know if that desire helped or hindered my experience, like putting more added pressure. It's almost like, I think it actually added more pressure, even though that's what I want from it. It was like, okay, body, now you do this and you like yourself now. Like, <laughs> right, right. So it, it kind of, like we do those same patterns sometimes, right? Like we just do it in a different way or yeah, it just adds a lot of pressure where it's like, it okay, was still there, not in a loving way. It was like, a, yeah. So, so maybe the yeah. way of reframing it is just how you said is, is accepting the grace yeah, that my body's is, my body's giving me instead of telling it, you do this. Yeah. Well, and, and just accepting everything is perfect. Like no matter how this goes down, it is perfect for you because it is what it is. Like it, it, um, and I know that can be really aggravating to some people. And so read loving what it, like everyone listening who I just said that, and it made you mad inside, just listen to loving what is (laughs) still mad at me. Then we can have a, I would love to talk to you. Give me a call. But, but you know, um, so that, that can be really tricky. And so I, I love that I haven't even seen the Lego movie, but I love there's that song like everything is awesome. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm sure you've heard the song a lot. Yeah. And it, and it is. It's like everything is awesome. It's it's yeah. good. And when you're going with the flow, when you're in the flow of that stream, you know, I you can hear it like in like an Eastern spirituality where you're in a canoe and you're just chugging up up river, you know, you're just like, just pushing mm. those oars as hard as you can. And they're like, let the oars go and fly down the river. Mm. Like you're going the wrong way. Whatever's okay. happening, just go in the flow of what's happening. Just go like drop the oars. Cause you don't have any control anyway. The oars are just liars telling mm-hmm. you that you can control. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you can obviously 
control some things, but for those of us that struggle with a lot of anxiety and stuff, it's that fear of not being able to control the most important things, right? And yep. so many important aspects and and so like let go of the oars and that's what I teach my clients. It's like every step of the way, you just say everything is awesome. Well, everything is awesome. You can say everything just works out for me. So great. And you know, whatever <laughs> it did, it worked out for you. You got a baby, you know, yeah. you get a baby, you get to grow and it's, mm-hmm. it's just, yeah. So that's just important um, to keep in mind, I, I think. And is there anything like, so let, how are we doing? Do you have other questions that I haven't answered? Cause I feel like you asked too far. Are you good so far? Anything else no, concerning you? This is so yeah. awesome. This okay. is so great. I mean, like you said, no, I'm like, it's awesome because I'm borrowing <laughs> your, awesome. everything yeah, is think. awesome. Um, no, 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 no. This is really, really powerful and, and enlightening. I'm learning a lot and you think I would know all of this by now, or at least had been enlightened with my, all my overthinking. You have been, it's clear that you obviously have been, but it's funny. It's always good to hear it from a different source and in different mm-hmm. ways. I'm I'm a total junkie for this too. I feel like every like not every day, probably a couple times a week, I listen to a lot of podcasts and I read a lot and I'm like, oh, mind blown, you know, like uh-huh. yay, I found something that really lit me up today and it makes me feel so good. Um, so, so really quickly, yeah. Oh, sorry. Um, I did want to ask and I want to make sure we cover this and I don't want you to answer this, but one thing that's important for women to cover for themselves to talk to a doula about to talk to um, any sort of a site psychologist about if necessary their doctor midwife any of that is if they've experienced any childbearing losses such as miscarriage infertility stillbirth or children placed for adoption if they've experienced any other significant losses or life traumas such as the death of a parent death of a spouse or sibling divorce physical emotional or sexual abuse rape or substance abuse okay that's like a large category and you know with the me too movement we know that more women than we ever would like to believe have been through something horrible. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, many past traumas can be majorly triggered during the process of labor and delivery and especially sexual abuse, right? Because the pelvis is where the assault often happen. And mm-hmm. so when a baby's head is bearing down on a pelvis in an uncontrollable way, mm-hmm. I've had a few clients who have had suffered with this and it triggered, you could see immediately they about jumped off the bed as soon wow. as baby and because it so it's really really important if you're looking into unmedicated the great thing about an epidural is you don't feel that pressure the same way right mm-hmm. and it, it likely to not trigger it in the same way that an unmedicated approach would so please 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 and I, I had one client that did not disclose this and then at the time of the birth it was clear that she had suffered some form of trauma I don't know what form of trauma yeah. but um but your doula, doctor, midwife, a therapist can absolutely help you process through it and tailor your care to your specific needs. And that may require a different birth plan. And it may not, you may come out victorious, but you need the right team helping you navigate that so that you aren't blindsided by the emotions that can arise in the process of having your baby when you've dealt, when you haven't dealt, I should say more or less with those experiences. So that's just important information to put out. Yeah, I'm glad you would. And also just kind of couples with what we've been talking about, how deeply emotional, spiritual this is, this whole process. It brings out deep things that you never expect. Um, So I don't know. That's just really, it's just important to think about it in that way too. I mean, just how transformative this whole birth is. 
this whole birth experience. I think that's why I'm so passionate about it because we learn often in the process of, of a 12 hour birth, a five hour birth, you learn life lessons that it could take 10 years to learn otherwise or, you know, and like you, you've been really open with your, with your disorder and Mm -hmm. dealing with what you've dealt with. And, you know, that's a long process to learn really important, vital, beautiful lessons, right. And to grow as a person. And, um, and what I think is fascinating. And I think people, people are like, why would people do a marathon or why would people, you know, why do people do these really extreme things that are so hard on their bodies? And I think it's be, it's for, it's for this, it's a similar reason where, you want to push your physical, spiritual, emotional, mental self because your body's all interconnected. It's all one thing. Yeah. So as you overcome, as you feel the fear of just your body being completely out of control, so many sensations, right? Mm-hmm. So many um, nerves communicating panic signals to your brain in so many ways. Um, as you experience those things and then overcome them or just come out the other side and say, I survived. Because the first thing you need to say from even your first birth and second you did it. I did it. Like you're functioning like human being. said. You did it. Yeah. yeah. And, and even though your brain felt crazy or you feel like you were really loud or like you got it done. You mm-hmm. did it. And you survived it. Even though in your brain it was like so terrifying and so much, you still came out on the other end of it. You didn't break, but huh. you came through that and you did it. And wow. you were dealing with a unique set of circumstances that's unique to you. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and it's, it's not easy and that is not easy stuff. There are people, I mean, empathy is such a crucial role because we just have no idea what other people, right, are up against with their bodies, with, yeah. with a labor quick. I can't even imagine, you know, I have 10 hours to wrap my head around having a baby. You have about 45 minutes. <laughs> so, well, you it's, know, it's, that, that, that word though stood out to me, empathy, because I think it's so easy for me. Um, to have it towards other people, but it's, mm-hmm. it's really hard for me to have it towards myself. And I think that's what is an, uh, one of the other many layers that you brought out in this is that I completely lack that empathy towards myself and my body in this process too, mm, which yeah. obviously no. is going to make it a lot harder. <laughs> <laughs> so and, and that's I hope, good for me to like, think I'm about. I would love for you to listen to affirmations and I, oh, I will. and that, and that could be your intention is to, mm. uh, to gain that. And do you know what? Can I tell you? Yeah. I, I'm the same way. I feel like we are, we're silly. Like we're twins. It's crazy. But mm-hmm. I am so kind to everyone else. And at the end of the day, I'm still that person who's like, you're such a loser, Laura. <laughs> yeah. I, I know what you mean though. In tears, angry, frustrated. Cause I, I dropped a ball. I have 40 balls in the air and I dropped one and I'm like, you're the hugest loser in the world. <laughs> like you are pathetic. I, right. There's yeah. I get it mean little voice inside that we're Mm -hmm. striving to overcome. And I think, and maybe this is my therapy for trying to overcome my own, you know, but I totally, and I think that's universal as well with women. Some are better at being kind, but I think ultimately we all have that mean voice inside that isn't really us. It's not our true nature. It's not part of who we really are. It's actually, it's the ego and it's the opposite, Mm. you know, yes, of our, of our core self. But but yeah, I think, I, I just love, I think you're going to just do so amazingly well. Like you're on the right journey. Like you, you're, you're, a, you're putting together the tools that you need to really just keep growing, keep learning. I mean, I get so much and I, I didn't tell everybody this. I'm a total nerd fan. After I listened, I was exposed to you through Celeste Davis oh, and yes. 
And I've listened to everything since because I just oh, you love you. I trooper. So no, I love it. Oh, I'm a <laughs> you are a trooper. I will so. give you a big hug. I'm like going to fly to Vegas right now just to give you that hug and <laughs> just to go through the episodes alone. That means so much to me. You know, Laura, I feel like, well, obviously, I think when you work with people, you, you do really in-depth work for a really long amount of time. So I feel like I'm could talk to you for a couple more hours straight, but I wanted you to leave our listeners with one of those takeaway lessons that you brought up. You know, you're, you were saying how you get those aha moments, um, in birth. And I imagine uh, being alongside with someone during this birth time that you can't learn otherwise, or that you learn them at a bigger intensity and a shorter time than you otherwise would. So can you share one or two of those with us before we say good, good night? Absolutely. Um, so, and, and this is something that I feel like I learn over and over again, but it's never your situation that is the problem. It's the thoughts that you believe about your situation that are always the problem. So it's just that simple. So whenever I think life is hard or I feel like I have a looming problem, it's just because my perspective needs to change. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, um, yeah, so one of my takeaways from birth was, and I have a pretty broken body. I, um, so my leg broke for like, yeah, I've been through and I I have degenerative disc disease, which, so my have my immune system has attacked my discs, which has rotted them away in my lower, specifically my, so they don't fit in my vertebrae correctly anymore. Like they're wasted away to a certain degree. So they don't fit snugly. So if I misstep, they pop out right of place, they slip. And then, um, depending on how long it takes to get them back, sometimes like we've been able to get them back into place over like weeks and sometimes it's month and the pain is just unbelievable. Oh my goodness. yeah, so it's crazy, but I think one of the hugest things going through that um, was that if that was all taken away, and the pain is difficult, but it's hard to have a body that, like, I can't do all the things that I want to do in a given day, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I am not ultimately my body, mm-hmm. and that my mind and my will to do is bigger than any physical setback that I that I have experienced. And I forget that, and then I learn it, and then I forget, and I get, I get yes. right. Mm-hmm. You get in enough pain for long enough, your serotonin burns out, and you just feel depressed for several weeks because your brain was like, "Well, we used all of our serotonin, so you have nothing <laughs> with it." Um, yeah. But really, the human, the human ability to overcome literally every. And I love those books. I love Unbroken. Mm-hmm. Um, I love those books that just talk about real life human will to do and achieve because it does yes. inspire me, you know, mm-hmm. and, and I, I think ultimately that's, that is the truth that so many women glimpse when they're in childbirth, they hit a wall and they say, I can never be okay. Like this, nothing about this is okay. And I could never get through this wall. And within a matter of moments or hours, they've scaled that wall and they're past it and they've done it and they've survived and they are new and they are different. And Mm. that's true for every single one of us with everything that we're approaching. I mean, anybody could listen to this podcast and apply it to their own life in any way. Like the resilience of the human spirit is incredible. And I'm, I'm excited to see what the rest of life looks like for me as I continue to hold on to that. Sometimes I definitely have setbacks and feel Mm -hmm. awful, but for the most part, I know that 
we are powerful creators and um and we really can do the things that that we set our minds to do and if it doesn't work out the first time everything is awesome yeah, <laughs> it really is awesome yep well i think you should start your own podcast and that should be the name of it and i'm not even kidding because there is so much wisdom that you have to offer not only on this topic of birth but so much more and laura this this has helped me in ways you don't even know and i know will continue to help me and others so thank you very much for being on the show Absolutely. I loved every minute of it. Thanks for having me. So I am recording this intro on Monday, um, the 15th. And, uh, right now I'm, I'm, I'm having contractions just so you know, it's kind of fun. It's exciting. Um, but yeah, they they are more painful. I've never really had those so early on. Um, I'm 37 weeks. There's been a lot of stress going on with the kitchen renovation that we had. Um, and that we're still in the middle of, and we'll still be in the middle of when this little guy comes. So, um, I'm, I, I feel like he's coming early and coming fast. So talking to Laura really did help me a lot in processing what I hope it will be like. So I have listened to the meditations that Laura talked about, and I've been trying to do those daily. They've, they've helped me tremendously in building up my confidence in myself and narrowing in what fears I'm having surrounding the birth and how to counterbalance them. And I still think I have a ways to go, which is a little nerve wracking since I am so close because I still tend to visualize myself getting really scared and afraid and screaming and all that. <laughs> so I'm still working on that, but it has helped me. It's, it's made it so that I've been able to get focused on these things that matter so much. And another huge plus is, as we talked about with Laura, in the past, I haven't felt as connected to a baby within me before they're born. And I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing, like I did something wrong at all. But I, it is something that I would like more and I think will help serve us as we as we transition to having a baby again and, and, and having a, a part of our lives. So, um, her meditations and the the thoughts that she's helped me work through have also helped me connect to this little guy more than I've been able to in the past. And, and so I, I see myself more excited than I've been in the past. I mean, I would still like him to take his time, but with each baby, I've been like 99% scared and 1% excited. <laughs> um, cause that's the realist in me, I guess. Um, and this one, I'm feeling just really excited to meet him and, I credit that to Laura, the time that we took together and the meditations as well that she uh, talked about. For those of you who are interested in those meditations and the workbooks that she has, the free resources she has, as well as the paid ones, I have linked to Laura's website and you can find that link on my show notes at aboutprogress.com. I hope she can help you as much as she has helped me. Next week, I have a dear friend on the show. Her name is Mallory. You are going to just learn so much from Mallory. She went through a lot with eating disorders. She's a very talented dancer and musician. Uh, We grew up together and, oh my goodness, I was so impressed by how easily she spoke about these things and how eloquent she was and impactful. So tune in next Wednesday for that incredible interview. And until then, take care of yourself. Seeking the truth never gets old. 
Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.